Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Oh, my goodness. The season is over, but there's still plenty of action going on. A lot of things to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. Have some conversation. I'm glad you mentioned it like that, sir. Last week, we were like lamenting not having, you know, football games. And we were like, oh, it's no football, it's no football. And I found out afterwards that that was absolutely not true. Because the NFL channel is playing game after game after game after game. And, you know, we're, we, you know, on a typical NFL day, if you got, what, 16 games, you know, the ability to really look closely at each one of those games on a full game basis, you just, you know, you really don't have time. You can't do it. So to be able to go back and see some of these games where you can see it, and then again, they cut out a lot of the fluff, you know, so the, it's moving pretty quickly, you know, so I've actually kind of enjoyed you know, watching some of the games, some of the matchups, they kind of followed a couple team themes, you know, where, you, you know, you see the same team playing different times during the month or during the, uh, yeah, during the months and during the, the play week. So I, I uh, we actually do have some football, some actual games that you, that we can watch. Uh, today, again, they had the Packers and the Bucks, the playoff game between the Packers and the Bucks, you know, the famous, you know, touchdown at the end of the first half that the Packers gave up. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's some still some football going on. And now there's the business of football. So, you know, all of that's really in vogue right now. Um and, and really what's happening, man. So we have a serious show lined up. Um this is Ben and Barry on football. I want to make sure that I, I last week, Ben, I went to shout out the the um, the letters for the radio show. What you need to know when you need to know it. WJRL ninety five point three, and it's WJRLradio.com. So. That's our friend Nina on the radio, uh, giving us a little, a little hand in terms of our show uh, that comes on on Fridays from six to seven thirty. So that's when you'll actually hear this show that we're taping now. Uh, we're trying to do this a little bit different. I want to mention again: uh, if you go to the Facebook page at facebook.com/slash b and b o f, Ben and Barry on football, b and b o f, you'll go directly to our page. All of our topics, we're going to post those topics on the page so that we can get more response so that, you know, the things that we're talking about, you can tell us if we're left, right, upside down or whatever. But we like to hear because, you know, I'm trying to collect that that universal football mind that's out there and bring it all to Ben and Barry on football. You know, we provide some fundamental information. Sterling net point power rankings, the bias plus reports, but there's still a lot of information 
you know, out there that we can add to that. And, you know, when we start to look at things like what we're going to finish up with today, who you got for next year's Super Bowl. I know you like I know you've given a lot of thought to that. Uh, not really. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> not a, I, I have to be honest, I have not given it a lot of thought. But it did cross my mind. Yes. Well, you know, you accuse me of not even picking a weekly game. So, you know, next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I got no clue, but we know who does. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. All right, let's get ready to kick this off. Mr. Dickerson, is that we've kind of been doing this for a hot minute now. This picture here is uh, promoting when we put out a YouTube video, May 22nd, 2019. Wow. And that wasn't the beginning that we was kind of, in, we we're kind of in a flow at that point. We had this. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were kind of starting to get ourselves together here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you see the, all the different social media places that we could share it, you know, but YouTube is basically what we've been doing. You know, we're going to be moving into a little more online radio and some other things. We have a podcast now on Spotify um, and, and uh, Apple podcast you know so but but it's all basically this show you know it's all basically this show um so yeah anything in particular you remember from back in back then <laughs> come on man i can't remember what i had for dinner last night well let's <laughs> notice this this was pre-pandemic okay we're talking pre-pandemic uh, we were I, in the same room right next to each other. We were not socially distanced. And yes, <laughs> that, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, judging by the date, uh, we did this show post NFL draft post, uh, combine, probably around the time when teams were getting ready to have OTAs. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting, uh, show I'm sure. And um, we were most likely beginning to um, figure out where we thought teams were going to be, uh, interesting pickups that they may have made free agency-wise, how good a draft they had, did they get people that they needed, positions that they needed, things of that nature. One of the things I liked about that picture um, was that if you noticed on the TV in the back, and I guess – as I speak about it, I can make sure I bring it back up. That's actually us in the background. So this was kind of a before and after setup. Uh, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> before, you know, 35 plus years earlier <laughs> and after, which is now <laughs> a little closer. But yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that I thought that that was an interesting shot. So. Uh, as, I, as we always said in the beginning, when we first introduced ourselves, we've been arguing about football for 30, 40 years, so we decided to put it on video. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, boy. That's the only reason we exist. And I got, on a Sixers, I got on a Sixers shirt and a Giants hat, so I don't know where my head was at. Conflicted. <laughs> Conflicted. <laughs> And then you put fantasy football in that mix and everything. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> everything is a little whacked out there. No doubt about it. Um, 
So you know, we had a, we have a few things that we want to that we want to cover here. Uh, so really, next up, sir, this is an important time of year. This is an important time of year. I'm trying to get us back. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is franchise tag time. The window is open. So teams are going to have to utilize their franchise and transition tags on players by March 9th, 2021. So last week we told people that some dates were coming up. I wanted to make sure that I mentioned this as a particular date. And what is today? The 24th? Yes. Of February? Yes. So what's that give us there? That gives them a hot minute. What, like a week and a half? Almost two weeks? Something of that nature. Trying to look at my calendar here. Wow. Oh, yeah, there you go. So today is Wednesday the 3rd is uh, the Wednesday after, so that's one week. And then the ninth is the Tuesday after, so it's almost yeah. two weeks. Almost two weeks. Almost two weeks, there you go, there you go. So that's that's what's getting ready, that's where all the action is gonna be right now. So what I wanted to do, Benny, was to kind of take a look at the franchise tag in general. And if you can see, this picture, and for those who are on, on the listening end, what this is is the projected franchise tag figures by position for the 2021 offseason. Now, this is projected for $180.5 million salary cap, and this is according to overthecap.com. We all know that the salary cap could change. So in addition to the pressures of getting things done by the 9th, You've got the revenue pressure from the pandemic because they're not quite sure where the revenues are going to be. And the franchise tag amount is based on those revenues. So there's still some X factoring going on here, but you get to kind of see where the value of a particular position is here. So, Let's start with the least valuable position at $8.1 million as a franchise tag. And again, franchise, Ben, explain what the franchise, how they come up with that number. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the average, right? It's, it's the average of the top five guys at that position. So they take the salaries of the top five or the top five salaries rather of running backs or whatever position we're talking about. And then they average that. Okay. So your running back is coming in as a franchise tag figure of $8.1 million. And that is actually the lowest paid position. Um, in, in all of these uh, positions. Uh, next above, but not far, are tight ends at 8.5 million. So that is the franchise tag. So if you franchise tag a tight end, that's what he's gonna get paid, all right? Now, this also does not take into account if this is 
a second or third time a player has been franchised. Right. This is basically the number that's set for first time. First time, exactly. Because we know Dak is faith is is projected to make what thirty seven million. Right, because well this is the second number here. All right, next up, uh, what do we have? Oh, safeties coming in at ten point five million as a franchise tag figure. And also, Ben, this does these franchise tags do go against your cap. Yes. So that's the stuff is not outside the cap. So, you know, you got to think about that on both of those ends. All right. Next up from that at 13.6 million offensive linemen. Uh, how, how often I'm wondering on linemen, linemen are third, the offensive are 13.6. Next above that defensive tackles, 13.7. Um, do they do that often? You hear that a lot? Franchise tagging linemen like that? You don't hear it a lot, but it does happen. Uh, what distresses me a little bit, and I'm surprised, well, I can't say that they haven't, but I'm surprised I haven't heard a lot of talk from the uh, players union about uh, the fact that they have a set amount for offensive line, but defensive tackles and defensive ends are separate. Now, I understand why defensive tackles and defensive ends are separate because edge rushers are valued a little bit more than inside rushers. But in my mind, left tackles especially are valued more than every other offensive lineman. So I wonder why there is no difference uh, between centers and guards, and then tackles. Well, that, that's a it's an interesting observation. Offensive uh, tackles are extremely breakdown of fig uh, of figures. You have offensive line, but you don't have defensive line. Exactly. You know, you have defensive tackle, defensive end, and like you said, if you're looking at your left tackle as the most valuable of the offensive linemen you would wonder, you know, um, why they're not there. Uh, you know, I can just think that that average is probably pushed up because of that left tackle, <laughs> you know, if someone did, was franchising those guys or whatever they're, because they're, they're, they're normal contract rather is where it is, you know, so that if might anything, push it up. But it is interesting. They don't have defensive line there. Yeah, if anything, I would think that they would separate offensive tackles from guards and centers. And and I and I mean, ask the Kansas City Chiefs how, how important offensive tackles are. Because they just <laughs> got decimated in the Super Bowl. So uh, offensive tackles are extremely important. Left tackle, and I say left tackle because the majority of quarterbacks are right-handed. Um, so it's the guy that's covering the quarterback's blind side. He's the most valuable offensive lineman that a team can have. Um, and I, I use the term edge rushers. Um, when you say edge rusher, you first think of defensive ends, but of course, you know, there's a, a lot of different defenses uh, and defensive schemes that teams use 
So an edge rusher could actually be an outside linebacker if a team plays a base 3-4. But and, – and guess what? Look at the amount for defensive ends, 14.5, and linebacker, 14.6. <laughs> Look at cornerback, 14.9. Well, well, yeah. And and guess what? Look at receiver, 15.8. So it, I, I see where they're going, <laughs> okay? And I – each each one plays off the other as far as offense and defense is concerned. It's extremely important to have a good outside rush, be it from an outside linebacker or from a defensive end, which means that you've got to have really good outside blockers or offensive tackles. It's extremely important, because, especially nowadays, with the ball being in the air as much as it is, that you have really good wide receivers. And guess what? Cornerbacks are now at a premium because of how good the receivers are. So they play off each other. You know, it's interesting, Ben, as I look at this chart, right? On the right side, the difference between the amounts it's pretty much small. Um, safety being the biggest um, difference at 10.5 million, but end linebacker and cornerback are all within 0.4 million. They're all 14 point something million. So they're all right there in the same area. And defensive tackles 13.7 round up to 14. So you're looking at pretty much everybody in that 13 to 14 range. Right. Safety being but then you come over to the offensive side and your quarterback naturally at 24.8 million is the highest paid uh, franchise tagged position. So that's why my comment was mama raise your child to be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and you look at wide receivers, 15.8. Um, so uh, let me see, that's nine, that's 39. That's like 40 million of your 180 right there <laughs> in terms of, you know, the two highest paid offensive line, 13.6, making more than the running back and the tight end, you know, down yeah. in the eights. So, I mean, that, that, those, those are some, we know those are high wear and tear positions. And I, I think that's probably why this friend, what this franchise tag is reflecting. Yeah, you're you're not going to give a ton of money to a guy whose career is probably over, uh, average wise, three to five years. You're just not. You're not going to give a ton of money to a tight end unless he's a really good pass catcher i.e. Travis Kelsey and a couple other guys, or he's a really good run blocker. And if he's a really good run blocker, I mean, that's part of your offensive line. It's, 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 I understand where they're going with this and I understand um, how they come up with the values. Um, I believe that because it's such a passing game, uh, nowadays that teams feel like they can get away with a mediocre running back 
and still win ball games. And to a certain degree, I would say they're probably correct. Of course, you've got to have a star quarterback and you've got to have at least one star receiver to get away with that and really win and make some noise in the playoffs. But uh, I just was in a conversation on Facebook uh, with some guys that were talking about how quarterbacks are overvalued. What it was, was, was they were showing uh, tiers of quarterbacks with Brady being the GOAT. And then they had a list of all time greats. And then they had a list of definite top tenors. And then they had a list of guys that were like pretty good. You know what I mean? And, it, and the tiers went down. And I just made mention again, you know, people really, when they talk about who's the GOAT as far as quarterback is concerned, they want to throw championships in there. But football is the ultimate team game. And I challenge them, and I'll challenge anybody on here that's watching this, to name, and I, you know, I haven't gone from Super Bowl one to Super Bowl 55 and looked at every winner, okay? I haven't done that. But I challenge you to come up with two, two teams that won Super Bowls without a really strong defense and a solid running game. You be yeah. tough. That's a tough task. Yeah. yeah. But I bet you can come off the top of your head with two Super Bowl winners that had mediocre quarterbacks at best, maybe good quarterbacks, good to mediocre quarterbacks, and they won Super Bowls or even great quarterbacks who didn't have stellar years. Maybe they were at the end of their, you know what I mean? At the end of their careers and won quarterbacks uh, and won titles like Peyton Manning, John Elway, you know, just to name a couple. So that's a lot easier to come up with a list of those guys than it is to come with a list of Super Bowl winners that did not have really strong defenses and at least a solid running game. You need both. Can't get away with one. You can have an excellent run game, but if your defense is not strong, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're not. Who's Who was the quarterback when Ray Lewis and that team won the Super Bowl? They beat the Giants. They beat my team with Trent Dilfer. With Trent Dilfer. Yes. <laughs> so if you got the right running game, right, and you got the right defense, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Now, if your eyes itch, if your quarterback is superior and you got that, then you got my Niners winning Super Bowls. <laughs> That's what you got. Right well, there. yeah, I'm not saying you you can't you could have the complete team. Uh, let's let's face it, Montana Super Bowls, Steve Young Super Bowls, those guys were both on the top of their game, and they had stellar running games, and they had loaded defenses, so they had it all. Okay, but you can get away with a quarterback that's not a top tier guy. You cannot get away with having a defense that's not top tier. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Well, you know, it's interesting um, because we, you know, we track points against points for turnover differential net points. Um, 
And, you know, when we looked at Tampa Bay and Kansas City defensively, at the end of the year, Tampa Bay was still ranked seventh and Kansas City was ranked 10th. So you had defenses that had better years. Somebody said something that I thought was good. Yeah, very- but that's, let's remember, that's points against. Points against. Now, we're just off the top of my head, since I think you have it in front of you there, where were both those teams in turnover differential? Tampa Bay was number one. Ah. Kansas City was eight. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So we track all of that stuff. Right. So that means they took the ball away more than they gave it away. Yeah. Some of that goes to Brady not throwing a bunch of picks. Some of that goes to the running backs and the receivers for not having a lot of fumbles. But if they were on the plus side takeaways, that means their defense turned the ball over. That's important. Well, it is, but they also had something else going for them. They were number two in, in uh, points four, <laughs> right behind the Packers. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah, you know, you're looking at net point, Tampa Bay number one, net points, you know. Um, it, you know, the, the, the running backs. So you have a situation like with Leonard Fournette, you know. These guys have become somewhat like, hired hands, hired guns to some degree. Um, so it's going to be interesting, uh, especially when you had people like Le'Veon Bell and stuff who wanted to make wide receiver money. That was the challenge with his contract. He was like, I'm as good as a wide receiver. I'm as good as any other running back. I should be making wide receiver money. And that was that seemed not to work too well for him. No, and and the fact that he then went to the Jets, got money, went to the Jets, and pretty much looks like a shot fighter right now uh, didn't help his cause, nor did it help for anybody else coming up behind him that tries to do the same thing, (laughs) you know? And I'm not saying stay in your lane. I don't blame him for trying to present himself that way because at the time that he did it, he was right. He was he he was near the top um, of the Steelers in receptions, and he was a top-flight running back from scrimmage. So he had an argument. I, I knew they wouldn't go for it, <laughs> you know. But he had an argument. Um, oh, and something else. Um, when we're talking about quarterbacks getting all this credit and all this stuff and and the fact that we we base who we feel is a a better quarterback and bring championships into the picture and and people do that a lot Um, and it's 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 somewhat valid because the quarterback is probably the most important position on a football team okay but um, it's not important to the point where he has to be a star in order to get you over the hump to win a championship. And we've already said why. Um, but I was reminded again during this conversation I was having on Facebook that Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos and he completed about 15 passes in that game. Okay. They had a really nice run game, nice run game, and their defense was stellar. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl 
that he threw for 500 yards in against the Eagles. Threw for 500-plus yards and three touchdowns, three or four touchdowns, and lost the game. So, you know, if you, again, you can give credit where credit is due. Opinions are like, you know what? Everybody's got one. Everybody loves this quarterback, that quarterback. And because the position is what it is, that's always going to be a topic of discussion. But, you know, when you start bringing championships into it, again, football is the ultimate team sport. I can go back and look at Air Coriel and Dan Fouts and, and teams like that where they're throwing the ball all over the place. They never got to no Super Bowls, let alone win one. You know, you got to have a strong defense. You have to, you must, and you need to have a solid, at least a solid run game or you're not going to win. Well, I, you, you're great. You're absolutely correct. I, I take it out to the uh, the more ethereal concept that in football um, you're trying to control. Oh, you didn't tell time. me we were doing ethereal concepts. You're trying to control time and space. <laughs> Am I not correct? It's all about controlling time and correct. space. Hey, you know me. I believe in field position and time of possession. That that's important. That's part of the time game. And space. So. You know, the way that you control time, sometimes is you have to run the ball. You know, you want the clock to keep going. You don't want to drop past to stop the clock. You got to have a, you know, a run game. You know, you got to move the ball quickly downfield because you're down 11. You need to have a pass game, you know, or a run game like the Niners. <laughs> where You average 10 yards of pop or something like that. But long story short, um, yeah, all of those different parts of the game are there because that's what you have to have to win. You have to be able to control those aspects, you know, of the game. Um, if, and that's where the military part comes in. I'm, I can invade your territory, but you can't invade mine. Time and space is, is, is what's under control. And you, like you said, it's the ultimate team game, but sir, the ultimate players are some of the top free agents right now. Now we know we got a trans franchise tag or transition tag, some of these people, um, but this is a list of that group that is under consideration heavily right now. So let's see here. There's some good players on this list. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything uh, pop out on you? Uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot popping. I, I don't the, the question is, and this is from uh, Pro Football Focus, it looks like, which is um, if you don't know anything about Pro Football Focus and you're a football fan, that's that's worth looking into. Pro Football Focus really, really breaks the game down position by position you can go to pro football focus and find out who they think is the best left guard in the game. I mean, they, they really take it down and, and they give you statistics, believe it or not, left guards have statistics, <laughs> but um, I mean, everybody's knows, you know, what's going on with Dak Prescott. Um, 
people are are beginning to see that Chris Godwin is in a certain position right now. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Chris. Yeah, uh, that's why I, show I was going to kind of skip over them. Good. I'll tell you what, if there's teams out there and there's plenty that need a wide receiver, Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay are definitely somebody you want to look at. And, and the teams that they're on will probably get a nice return on them if they trade them or just let them go into free agency, clean and, and, and you know, unrestricted. Um, now, how, why they have them ranked in the order that they have them? Let's look at, let's say, an Allen Robinson at number three, right? Yes. You've got Juju at 23 and Corey Davis at 24. Really? That much better, Robinson? Um, yeah. <laughs> you say, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a big disparity as far as that one position is concerned. But then, I mean – you got safeties, you got linebackers, you've got some offensive linemen and defensive linemen in there. So I'm not sure exactly what metric they use to come up with the, the order in which they put people. But if you just want to talk wide receivers right this second, Allen Robinson is a bona fide number one receiver. Kenny Galladay is a bona fide number one receiver. Corey Davis was the number two who had a really good season and could possibly, depending on where he ends up, be a number one, I, I feel. Juju has pretty much been a number two for most of his career. And when AB was gone, he kind of ascended to number one for the Steelers, but I don't think he had a number one wide receiver type of season. Therefore, that's why they are where they are. That That's my opinion. I want to throw this in real quick, Ben, because again, we are going to, we are going on the radio and make sure that people know that we are uh, WJRL 95.3 at WJRLradio.com. Okay. So I'm sorry. Let's, so Juju 23, Corey's not a starter. Right? No, he's a starter. He's just not a number one. Okay. Okay. Let's look at the quarterbacks real quick, though. Dak, the number one top free agent out there at quarterback. Who else am I seeing at quarterback on the first half? Nobody. On the second half, <laughs> get to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's magic. Fitz magic, baby. He, those are the only two quarterbacks. On this yeah. list, the top 25? This is the top 25 free agents. And there's only two quarterbacks on there. Now, there may be more quarterbacks who are becoming free agents, but these are the only two that made the top 25 as far as value uh, with other teams looking to, to acquire them. Um, Dak, obviously, because, I mean, <laughs> it's Dak. I mean, people want to hate on Dak. 
you know, living in Philadelphia, we get a lot of cowboy hate. So, you know, I'm used to it. But Dak is a quality quarterback. Dak has shown me that he's done nothing but get better and better each year since he began to be the starter on that team. And I think he's a great locker room guy, a great leader. I believe that the, the, the guys on the offense and, and everybody on that team respected him as a leader. He's a top-notch quarterback, man. I don't think the Cowboys are going to let him go, but that's a whole nother discussion because that's really a, a big mess. Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is important because he's shown to be the ultimate placeholder. He's the ultimate placeholder. He's a guy that if you acquire him and then you draft a young quarterback, you can start Fitzpatrick and he will help you win games while that young quarterback sits behind him, sits in the quarterback room with him during the week, learns how to become a professional, learns how to watch film, and all those things that's going to help him eventually become the starter. That's, that's, that's his lane. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick understands his lane, but he understands his value too. And that's a valuable commodity. You know, would you, would you, if, if, do you think the LA Chargers would have rather had Ryan Fitzpatrick than Tyrod Taylor to hold the place for Justin Herbert? before they knew what they had in Justin Herbert? Well, first off, let me just say, poor Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I just... Oh, we went over that. That's, yeah, that's... Poor Tyrod. I mean... But you understand what I'm saying, right? He's, he's got like holds black cloud over his head or something, man. He can't... Every place he's go, they got a backup who's, like, got a cape and a... <laughs> but that what makes Ryan Fitzpatrick so valuable because there's only one Ryan Fitzpatrick who else is out there? You know, I, well, I tell you who could, who could turn into a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is right on the edge of becoming a Ryan Fitzpatrick. A guy, you know, you can start, a guy who has experience, a guy who still has enough skills to be a leader and lead your offense and help you. I didn't say win games, help you win games if he's in the proper situation and bring a young guy along. If you're going to have a young guy that you draft as your quarterback of the future, you don't necessarily, unless he's the number one pick overall, like a Joe Burrow, you're not looking to throw him in there right away. You're looking to have him sit for half the season, end of the season, maybe his second season before you actually put him in there. You need a Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, you and I have butted heads over the I, my ideas behind backup quarterbacks and how much money I think backup quarterbacks uh, should be making and the type of value that, that needs to be there because – I felt really disappointed at the at the backup quarterback situation across the NFL this past year, especially with our quote genius coaches. 
you know, whose backup quarterback came in and looked like he didn't know his left from his right. And I'm like, okay, this is really what you thought was going to carry you if your starter went down. So we kind of saw that. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know who I thought you were going to say? Teddy Bridgewater was a good a good one. But um, the, who's the backup there in, in um, Dallas from the Bengals? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Red right. Rifle, you know? A lot Andy of these Dalton's guys. He's a perfect backup. Huh? He's a perfect backup. A perfect backup. Yeah. These are the kind of guy. These guys can extend their careers. And usually it's an ego thing about starting, you know what I mean? But these guys could probably extend their careers and live and really give a team a viable chance to win a Super Bowl if the starter goes down a little bit. The other backup, Mr. Pinch Hitter uh, um, from the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> Nick Foles, <laughs> you know? I mean, some of these guys, if they like Nick Foles, he, he like he's that guy. Who's like, like he wants to be a starter, but we all know we would pay him extra to be our backup. We would pay him as much or more to be our backup than to be our starter. <laughs> Nick, just yeah, but nobody's going to do that, though. Huh? No team is going to do that. That's not. That's not. That's not a good business move. I don't know. I think it could. I think it is, and we'll, we'll argue that point. But I wanted to kind of bring that out. And I do want to go back to our top free agents because, again, based on our positions, quarterback, wide receivers were the two highest paid positions. So we kind of looked at top free agents. We looked, we only had a couple quarterbacks. Uh, as far as wide receivers, we had Robinson, Galladay, Will Fuller. That's an interesting. Uh, 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 yeah, he's sitting just outside the top 10 at number 11 for, uh, you know, overall. Um, Will Fuller is a guy who came into the NFL with a lot of promise and a lot of physical attributes that never really came to fruition because of injuries. And then he finally was able to get through a season with no injuries and showed his worth, and he showed his worth so much, and I don't think this is really the reason why the Texans let Newt go, let uh, DeAndre Hopkins go, but I think they felt like, you know what, for whatever reason we really are letting him go, we think Will Fuller can fill the void, and I said at the beginning of the season, we've, we've got done shows, and I talked about Will Fuller, and I said if Will Fuller can stay healthy, it's possible he will never be DeAndre Hopkins, but it is possible that he could fill the number one wide receiver spot for the Texans and do a good job with it. And in fact, he actually did. And then he got busted for roids or something. <laughs> so, you know, but people got to see what he could do if he stays healthy. Okay. So now again, depending on the situation, depending on who he gets picked up by, he's a stellar number two and a possible number one wide receiver, depending on what team he goes to. Guys so we had one, two, three. Number two, number three, and number four were all wide receivers. We dropped down. That's three, one. 
Will Fuller was the fourth wide receiver. And then we skip all the way down to 23 and 24. What's that, like six? One, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers in the top 25. Right. So, all right. So that's our next highest paid position. The position after that was our offensive lineman. Um, and when we look here, who do we have offensive? We have a guard. We have Brandon Scherf from the Washington team coming in. We have. Oh, let's, let's, let's go up a little bit. Sitting at number five. Offensive tackles. Oh, my goodness. How did I miss Trent? They're ready to let Trent go, I think. Well, you know something? Trent sat out a year when he was with Washington. You know, he had all of those issues. He came in. And even on Madden, he was super highly rated. He was replacing our our top offensive linemen. So we, we were letting, you know, a numero uno go. And, and bringing in a numero uno, but I guess they brought him in on a short-term contract. So if he's a free agent already, you know, hmm, so, uh, you know. Well, yeah, I think that's what you call Williams? I mean, that, that's a heck of a draft pick, or uh, I don't see any, too many other tackles. You see any other tackles on the free top free agent uh, list there? Taylor Moten from the uh, from the Panthers. The Panthers. Down I don't know if he's 12. quite a, Trent Williams. I don't know him that well. I'll be quite honest. What about you? Well, I don't know him that well. I wouldn't say he's a top tier guy. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, he's fairly young. Trent Williams. Yeah, I don't know how much tread he's still got on the tires. Trent Williams has been in some wars. He's been around for a little bit. His best years may be behind him. I'm not saying he's worth it. Obviously, Pro Football Focus has him listed number five overall, so they think he's still got some game. But he's been through some wars, and I don't remember him. I don't know. You guys had some issues with running backs this year, but but for the most part, your run game was fairly strong. So, I there, there's, there's probably somebody out there that's going to snatch Trent Williams up. He no bet. doubt about it. PFF predicts Panthers re-sign offensive tackle Taylor Moten to a five-year, $82.5 million deal. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Moten. Somebody knew who he was. <laughs> right, so they're not going to let him get away. And yeah, that's they- cool. And guess what? With That's McCaffrey, the same people will put this out. If 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 they want to re-sign him, and they know McCaffrey's coming back next year, that means he's pretty good. They value him. Uh, <laughs> you mean the, the McCaffrey who was potentially on the block to go in the Deshaun Watson trade? That McCaffrey. yeah, well, you know that's 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 not going to happen. All right, All I don't right. I don't see that. Let me say I don't see that happening. Okay, okay. All right, so that takes care of our offensive linemen. Uh, who's next? Now, now we're down We're down into our defensive positions, tackles, ends, linebackers, cornerbacks. Let's see what we got here. We're going to skip the safeties because they were actually on the low end of the, of the thing here. But linebackers, Levante David. 
Okay. So this, is, this is the Chris Godwin type of uh, philo philosophical decision we'll talk about later, but let's face it. Philosophical for who? The player or the team? For the player. I mean, okay. You know, do you want to do you want to stay with a team that could potentially win another Super Bowl? Are you looking for Super Bowls? Are you looking for the big payday? You know, Tom Brady is, is known to give a discount to win. So he made his choice and he's got plenty of Super Bowls uh to show for that for that choice. You got two two team members from the Bucks here. Godwin and Lamonte Davis. And I don't, I believe when they signed Brady, what does his contract look like? Are you, do you know what, what kind of contract Brady Brady's has? contract? Yeah. I don't even think he's in the top five paid quarterbacks. I really don't. I'm talking about off. duration. How long well, did they sign him for? Oh, um, Oh, wow. I should know that, too, because I took note of that when the trade first happened. Um, I don't know. I doubt if it's more than three years, though. Yeah, you know. Um, now, ESPN two hours ago posted that Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be elated to extend Tom Brady's contract beyond 2021. So apparently he signed for two years. Right. So he's good for, for good for the current year. So mm -hmm. he's coming back, Chris Godwin. He's coming back, Levante David. You know, what you going to do? That's the question. What are you going to do? You know what Brady's going to do. What are you going to do? So you have oh. that. Um, let's <laughs> see. Who else do we have? There yeah, we have Edge Rusher. Oh, another buck, Shaquille Barrett. Edge rusher. Right. So he's he's technically listed as a linebacker. Um, but but he's they call him an edge because he, he's not uh, uh, a classic defensive end. Like he doesn't always have his hand in the dirt, as they like to say. Um, first of all, <laughs> we can look at this from the player perspective, but I like to look at this from the team perspective. OK. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be crazy to let Shaq Barrett or Levante David get away. First of all, they're both still young. They're both at the top of their games. They're, they both just played critical roles in them winning the Super Bowl. There's no way you can let them go. Levante David, there's only one Levante David. Like there's, a, there's only a couple uh, I don't even want to say a handful. I want to say a couple of guys that can do all the things well that Levante David does. And Shaq Barrett and, and uh, JPP are bookends. Like, you don't want to let your bookends go. That's, you got to, you got when you get bookends, there's lots of teams that have that one great edge rusher, that one great DN. And then the guy on the other side is kind of uh, okay. But when you got bookends, you can't you can't let that get away. You just can't. So from a team perspective, if I have Chris Godwin, who becomes a free agent, but I also have uh, Mike Evans. It, look, I'm signing AB, and I'm letting Chris Godwin go. 
That's just me. Because I still got Scotty Miller. I still got, I don't know if Gronk is going to be signing. I don't know how many years Gronk signed for. He probably just won. But he may have signed for two since Brady signed for two. Because I think he wants to go out with Brady. Um, you still got Cameron Brait, who's a really good tight end, who just doesn't get the targets that other guys get. Because um, you remember, they also had a tight end named O.J. Howard that they drafted high a couple of years ago that just didn't pan out with injuries and stuff like that, okay? But Brait just hung around and hung around and hung around, and now he's got a ring, and he's a factor on that team. So if Chris Godwin, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but I saw a quote from Chris Godwin that says, I got a Super Bowl. Now I'm going to go get the money. That's the philosophical question, you know, and a lot of guys um, feel that way. It was funny. Nate Burleson was, that's basically like his recommendation, go get the money, you know, because they were yeah. saying, you know, once, once your career is over, the money stops. That's correct. But, but you know, if you're a top flight NFL player, you generally have a number of outside revenue, interests, and potentials. Oh, uh, here you go again, man. You know, and if you're, <laughs> if you're multiple Super Bowl winners, you know, I mean, it's, that's a lot of that's a lot of dough. So I, I don't know. I I I I mean, you know, once you've made fifty million. It's like, okay, you know, do I want to win more Super Bowls? Do I want another 50 million? It's a crazy question. We'll talk about that later. Um, all right. Also, Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers had 13.3. Can I say something? Can I say something? Wait, let's let look at mention, Tampa Bay had 13.3 okay. million dollars in cap space right now, according to overthecap.com. So that's yeah. what they have to work with. And we still again expecting that the revenue is going to decrease because of the pandemic year, which is going to actually reduce the cap amount. So some of these changes, what you're saying might have to happen just because of the money squeeze. We have to say, right. so I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. You have to take all that in, into consideration, but just like you said, how about the guy that wins multiple Super Bowls? and then decides, you know what, I've already won multiple Super Bowls. Let me go get the money. They don't think like that. Some of these guys are happy to win one. And part of that is because a lot of times, especially with young guys, you go to that one early in your career, whether you win it or you lose it, your first thought is, I'm going to get back here. And sometimes you never do. And there's a bunch of people that that's happened to. Okay. Let's look at it the other way. How about the guy that's made a bunch of money and has been a star for years and never been to a Super Bowl? See that all the time. Guys will take less money to get to a team that they think can get all, go all the way. 
Uh, you know, the point that you made um, relative to those guys who were young, who maybe came in on rookie contracts and never really did have an opportunity to make the big money. You win a, you win a Super Bowl while you're in that rookie contract. And the funny thing is that rookie contract is starting to look so much more valuable. We talked about that, where you take a team like or a, a player like Justin Herbert, you know, who's on that rookie contract. Look how much they can do around him because he's not really reducing the amount of available uh, money that they have to spend because of that contract. So, you know, then he comes out, let's say he wins it. Then, you know, now it's time to go get the big money and maybe he might have to go someplace else. So I, I, you know, that I can understand. Um, You know, I guess I was thinking about the guy who was making good NFL money. You know, he wins the Super Bowl. You get all that extra bonus money and all that stuff, and then you have another chance to come back and do it again, or you could go somewhere else and you know make some really yeah. good money. There's there's a lot of factors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how long has he been around? How much money has he really made? Has he really made? Has he really had that one big contract? That one big contract, you know, or that or that one really nice multi-year contract that that he knows he's financially set now. You know what I mean? If, if he's young, he figures if I'm able to stay healthy and continue to play and get to my second contract, maybe I can sign a three or four year deal for big money. Then my money part is cool. Now all I got to do is try to win another chip. And if I'm not on a team that can, by the time that, three or four year contract is over. If I've continued to play well, I can get another contract and go to a winner and take my shot at winning the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to make money as much as they can, but everybody wants to win a Super Bowl too. If you're in the NFL and you don't want to win a Super Bowl, there's something wrong with you. That's my opinion. You know, I, that's totally my opinion. I, I've never played at that level. So I don't know, okay, but as a sports fan, as a person who has, who has played competitive ball, be it not professional, but competitive in its own right, there's nothing better than winning a championship at whatever level. I don't care if it's Little League. So that's in the back of everybody's mind. So my thing is you get in the NFL – you make it through your rookie contract and then you sign a nice deal because you play through your rookie contract and you played well and you proved yourself and you get that first nice multi-year deal. The next goal is to try to get another one or become a free agent and, and kill with a huge one or get another nice one and go to a winner and take your shot at winning the Super Bowl. That's, that's just the way I look at it. I don't, I don't know. Well, let me add some additional information to this conversation, especially relative to Chris Guy. When I took a look at it, okay, overthecap.com has his contract value at three point two million. Three point two. So if per we year, to, uh, current contract value. So that's his rookie deal. Right, right. So when you're looking at. Um, the wide receiver franchise tag of 15.8 million and he's making three. 
Then there's actually been talk about franchising him, but that just kind of gives you a relative idea of what they're paying wide receivers and what he's been making. So I can kind of see in his particular case, you know, I ain't really made that money. You know what I mean? Unless you're going to, you know, like if they franchise tag him, okay, that's, you know, we, we know how that game can be played. If they're going to pay him anywhere near the top five, then we know he's going to be in that 10 to 15 million range, you know? So, Hey, right, look, which is a big come up for him. That's a big he, come up, man. No but he can probably it. make just as much or a little more in free agency. Yeah, just as much or a little more. And, and that's, you know, because again, that's that that franchise tag is your top five salaries. You right. Know, depending uh, on the value that the team that really wants him, depending on how valuable he would be to them, he could make, I'm not going to say significantly more than he would if, if he gets tagged. That's why players hate the tag, because they want to test the waters. They want to put themselves on the auction block and see how bad somebody wants them. That's that's how you make money. That's how you get the big contract. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. We did we talk about the guard Corey Lindsley when we were talking about linemen? Uh, uh, no. Linemen, thirteen point six million. I don't know if we mentioned center Corey Lindsley and Linsky, Lindsley. Excuse me. In that. Uh, he's no, that's 25. the Green Bay Center. Um, yeah. I I believe I heard good things about him. I think that's somebody that um, the Packers are going to probably try to look to resign. I don't. They, they're not going to tag a center, but I think they'll try to work something out with him. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I tell you what, if I just look down this list, I think Dak stays. I think Godwin goes. I think Robinson and Galladay both go. Williams goes. Justin Simmons, the safety for the Broncos. The Broncos need so much. They have to look at some of the players. Hey, Von Miller might get traded, okay? They, they got a lot of holes to fill, so they're going to look at players that have been around a little while but they're not old and they're not washed up that can bring them back draft picks. So Justin Simmons might have to go on the block. Same thing with Anthony Harris, still a quality center, still a good run stuffer. He can still cover. So if they need another position or they need uh, to cut some cap space, he's a guy that can bring something in for them because he's still valuable. So he may go. Levante David has to get re-signed. Brandon Scherf uh, for Washington, I think they like him. I think they re-sign him. I, I think Washington team is, is actually way more solid than a lot of people think. Hunter Henry, I believe the Chargers like him. Uh, he's had some injuries. He hasn't had uh, a, a bunch of completed seasons, but he's still young, and he's shown a, a lot of potential. I think San, I keep going to call them San Diego. The Chargers resign them. I think the Texans will probably let Will Fuller go, go because they're just so dysfunctional right now. They don't know what the heck is going on. We already talked about uh, Mr. Moten. Um, Shaq Barrett gets resigned. Marcus Williams. Ooh. 
10.5 million is the franchise tag on safeties. Yeah. I don't know that they use a tag on Marcus Williams. Probably not. I don't think so. Um, I don't know who they would tag, to be quite honest, for the Saints. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I can't. I don't know. Of course, I don't know who all on the Saints is a free agent, but I, if he makes 25 and he's the only Saint I see on here, they may not be using the franchise tag this year, or they might have the, the, the ability to use it on him. We'll have to follow that up. That's an interesting. Yeah, we'll have to follow that up. I, I will follow up uh, William Jackson the third. Also, he's a pretty good corner. He's now, not quarterbacks great. came in at fourteen point nine million. If they're right yes. in that group with the defense, there corners so, are valuable. Uh, corners and my are man Richard Sherman. Look, I don't want to again. Niner Nation, right here. I really don't want to see Richard Sherman go, but he, you know. He, when he was trying to deal with uh, the Kansas City track team, <laughs> he got yeah, a little he didn't fare too well. <laughs> but who didn't? You know who? Yeah, didn't? but he really didn't. He he, <laughs> he had no chance, bro. <laughs> Your man is he, ah. he's just about at the end of the road, bro. Now, do they normally go from cornerback to safety when that happens? Uh, yeah, but I never known him to be no big hitter. You got to make more tackles at safety. Free safety, <laughs> bro. Not strong safety. He he ain't. I I don't see it. I, I don't know. Richard Sherman will tackle you. I don't know. Just, I don't I'm... see him making the transition. There haven't been that many. The guys that have made the transition from corner to safety are in the Hall of Fame right now. Not saying Richard Sherman is not going to be a Hall of Fame corner. I don't see him making the transition. I, I just, I don't. In this top 25, the only corner above him is William Jackson III. Yeah. yeah. You know? Now below him, you have Desmond King. And that's pretty much it as far as cornerbacks are concerned. Yeah, Desmond King's not bad. Um but I know the Titans need to improve their defense. If they think they see something in the draft that might be better than him, they may, you know, they may let him go. I don't know. Uh, let's not skip over the only giant on here, though. Leonard Williams, you cannot let go. <laughs> you have to resign Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams came over from the Jets, and Leonard Williams played well. I like Leonard Williams. Resign Leonard Williams. <laughs> okay. Uh, after that, I, I don't know. Uh, safety John Johnson with the Rams, I think, is a good player. They may try to hang on to him. Yeah, that's just about it, bro. Juju's coming back, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I tell you bring, this. If they bring Roethlisberger back and then they let Juju go, uh... <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> the Steelers are in a bad spot. They they almost have to keep Roethlisberger because they have nothing else. And if they decide they want to let him go, then that means they have to move up in the draft to get a quality quarterback in the draft and hope that uh, what's his name Rudolph. 
can hold down the fort for the beginning of the season until the kid is ready. And I don't know if they have the draft capital to move up to get a quality quarterback in the draft. Well, now let's they're they're in a bad way. Steelers are in a bad way right Steelers now. Steelers are 19 plus million over the cap right now. <laughs> they're in the negative, man. So they got some trimming to do. All right. Well, that this was a great conversation. Um, again, Ben and Barry on football uh, here at uh, BenandBarryOnFootball.com. Benny, and again, I want to remind everybody, this is Ben and Barry on football. Uh, you can find us every Friday from 6 to 7.30 on WJRL 95.3, online radio at WJRLradio.com. Okay. Next up, we have the big question. The question of the year, who nobody's really given much thought to already, except for Vegas. <laughs> ah, yes. The question is who you got for Super Bowl 50, what's this, 56? LVI? Yes. In um, Los Angeles. Super Bowl's oh, going out to L.A. Right. New stadium there. New stadium. So you got the Rams and you got the Chargers in the Super Bowl, both L.A. teams facing <laughs> – no, I'm just messing. <laughs> you could, though. That's NFC and AFC. Hey, they're, they're, I know they're wishing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ridiculous to have Tampa Bay have done it in their home team and then turn around and have two teams in the Super Bowl from the same city? That may never happen again in our lifetime, bro. That's like the Clip, Clippers and the Lakers going at it for, for the, you know, they're both West Coast, so I guess they couldn't go at it for the championship, right? That's uh -huh. East and West. Right. Mm. Okay, okay. But. But if they meet in the playoffs, they don't have to travel. That's true. That's true. <laughs> don't go anywhere. They just, um, they just switch locker rooms. <laughs> same stadium, right? They do the same stadium thing like your job. Yeah, they, they both play at Staples Center is home to both. Okay, okay, okay. So how you feeling about your Giants next year going to the Super Bowl? I'm trying to read the small print here, and I don't I don't see them on the list. And I know the list goes a little lower than the page. So obviously, uh, I, I don't think I would put any money on it. Oh, there it is, plus sixty six hundred. They have the same odds as the Bengals and the Jets. Wow, that's not saying a lot. I will say this: I believe the Giants will be improved next year. I believe they'll win more games next season than they did this past season. I believe that. Uh, Well, I better leave it there. I believe they'll be improved. How much improved, I'll be able to speak better to that after this whole free agency thing and the draft is over. I thought you was going to give us a few lyrics from I Believe I Can Fly. You was going right down that 
that road there. Yeah, I, I believe a lot, but I don't want to believe too much right now until I see what they do in the offseason here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my thoughts for that. But as far as uh next year's Super Bowl is concerned, I think the list, let me see here. They got Chiefs, Packers, Buccaneers, Ravens, Bills. Wow. Look where the 49ers are. Is that seventh, eighth? <laughs> Seven? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Listen, I, wait. They got the 49ers over the Saints. Mm. I can see them over the Browns. I can kind of see them over the Seahawks. Dolphins are coming hard. They got them over the Colts. You realize, and I don't want to make this a long discussion, but you realize if Frank Reich kind of turns Carson Wentz around, that the Colts could be real Super Bowl contenders next season? They have the team. They just yes, they need do. They need the new uh, head there at quarterback. Um that would be a heck of a turnaround. And you know who else they could use? Chris Godwin. <laughs> ah, okay. Look, Frank Reich is no dummy. I like Frank Reich. I got a lot of respect for that guy, even from his playing days. And he proved his coaching days when he was with the Eagles and helped him go to Super Bowl. And he's been stellar with the Colts. Frank Reich is one hell of a coach. And if he's thinking like I'm thinking and trying to fill some immediate holes that will get them over the hump, he's got to be looking at that. If he ain't looking at Godwin, he should be looking at Fuller or even Juju. I'm telling you, they are a quarterback and a receiver away. All right. All right. Well, first of all, it is interesting that the Chiefs, are ahead of the Buccaneers. The Packers and the Bucks are both, are both plus 900. Chiefs are plus 550. So Chiefs have the best odds based on what the uh, what Vegas is talking about here. Yeah, let's remember, this is Vegas, okay? So Vegas is not trying to lose money, <laughs> all right? So... If, if you ask Pro Football Focus to make a list like this, I would bet you a dollar to a donut, it would be a lot different. But I understand what they're doing. Vegas is throwing Patrick Mahomes at you. They're throwing Aaron Rodgers at you. And they're throwing Tom Brady at you. And they're throwing Lamar Jackson at you. That's what they're doing. They're saying these quarterbacks, one of these guys – can lead his team to the Super Bowl. Wait, so they're throwing Josh Allen and also Matt Stafford. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Let's face it. The Rams are a big upgrade from the Detroit Lions as far as Matt Stafford is concerned. If Matt Stafford doesn't fall off a cliff, they're going to win games. <laughs> they're going to win games. They could use a little help on defense and maybe a little smidgen of help at the offensive line. But Cam Akers proved himself, okay, in his rookie year. And 
uh, the other guys, Brown and Henderson, those guys are not trash. So they got a solid run game. I wouldn't say they have a strong defense. They have a strong defense up front and half of their secondary. But they're real, real close to having a complete team. Matt Stafford's a big move for them. I, they deserve to be up there. I don't know if they deserve to be that high. And I don't know that the 49ers should be that high when Jimmy G is a little shaky there. You know what I mean? We, we still have to see what the Niners are going to do quarterback-wise. But why, why do you say he's shaky thinking – are you talking well, about uh, health-wise or what? Well, he hasn't been healthy. And the one year he was healthy, they made it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not going to say that they didn't win because of him. I can't say that. But – his ability to lead them back again seems to be in question, even to the point where people are talking about the Niners possibly moving up a little bit in the draft. And I don't know how far they have to move because they didn't have a great season. I don't know where they're picking in the first round, you know, if they have first round pick, but there's word that they may be looking to make a move either in free agency or moving up in the draft for a quarterback not necessarily to replace him, but maybe somebody to put in position to replace him soon. So to have them that high as a Super Bowl contender looks a little funny to me. The Saints are up there, but some people are still anticipating that Drew Brees is going to try to come back again. Um, well, the Niners have the 12th overall pick in the draft. Um, as I told you, I think the challenge in in the Niner offense is that it a is very diverse and is very run centric. So it skews statistics and it makes it difficult. People are like, well, he didn't do this or he didn't do that. Well, no, that's not the way our offense runs. You right, know? which is good for Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine, and he seems to be getting a lot of support. Um, from what I understand, GM, you know, they, they all kind of said, you know, Jimmy G's our man. Um, I also noticed that in that top group, you had the Rams, you have the Niners, uh, the um, Seahawks are a little further down the list. Let's see where the Seahawks at. Yeah, not too much further down. So, Rams, Niners, and Seahawks are all like within about five positions of each other. Rams at plus 1,200, Seahawks at plus 2,200. The drop-off in the NFC West here is with the Cardinals at plus 5,000. Looks like the Vegas doesn't have a lot of uh, faith in the Cardinals this year. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. They they didn't show me a whole lot, man. Kyler Murray improved, but not that much. Um, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins to help him. Um, but but I, they didn't blow up like I think people expected them to. Um he needs some help, and their run game was good. Um 
but I'm not quite sure I can call it solid. You know what I mean? Like, like the Buccaneers have a solid run game. You know, LeGarrette, I was about to call him LeGarrette Blunt. You sure were. <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Leonard and LeGarrette got stuck in my brain there. Leonard Fournette. Hey, let me, I got a trivia question for you. Go ahead. When you see pictures of Leonard Fournette, either a, or a still shot in his uniform or during the game or when the camera's up close on him, ever notice anything about his uniform? About his uniform? Yeah, anything about his uniform or the way he's dressed or anything that catches your eye? I'm talking about from the waist up. Were you looking for a picture? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you're talking about a picture. It's purple and gold. It's purple and he gold. He still wears his college shoulder pads. Is that what that is? Yes, he still wears his college shoulder pads. And I'm sure he's not the only one, but he's the one that I noticed. He still has his LSU shoulder pads. He still plays in those. Okay, I see it now. Yeah. Um, when you look underneath his shoulder pads, you can see... White, gold, and 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 white, and then it's purple and gold on around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All well, right, those shoulder pads have, have caught hell. Yeah, they have. But guess <laughs> what? He, he loves them. He feels good in them. More power to him. That's what I say. I'm hey, telling you, Jordan wow. supposedly Jordan supposedly wore his Tar Heel shorts underneath his Bulls shorts. Yeah, that's what they say. I didn't know that about my man. You know, I'm yeah. a, I'm a Bulls fan, so yeah. he wore his he wore his. Now I don't know if he did it for his whole career, but I know early in his career he wore his North Carolina shorts under his Bulls shorts because I think when he got to the NBA they were starting to do the longer shorts, and his North Carolina shorts were kind of short, so they probably never showed. <laughs> oh, hey, look, that's it. Okay, it, it, enough, would take, enough. it would take you to see something. I, and okay. Like yeah. All right. I, I've taken that too far. So anyway, where are we now? Ben and Barry on football again <laughs> on the radio at WJRL ninety five point three at WJRLradio.com. And Mr. Dickerson has gone way too deep. I'm the king of useless information. King of useless information. All right, sir. Well, let, let's let's wrap this up with just a few personal interest type things to talk about here. Let's talk just a little bit about Russell Wilson. What's going on with, with him? What's going on with some of the quarterbacks? Um, and, and how the, the different teams are responding to some of this. They're saying the Seahawks are frustrated with Russell Wilson and, um, I've actually also heard, now this has been, let me tell you something. This is the best that I've heard. So apparently Russell Wilson in these conversations talked about taking a lot of hits. And I'm listening to Good Morning Football and who was it? Um, oh, 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 Sean. 
Sean O. What's what's O'Hara? Oh, Sean, Sean O'Hara. Yes, yes. Sean O'Hara was talking about that the Seahawks linemen, you know, weren't quite happy with Russell throwing them under the bus. He did take a lot of hits, though. I think he led the league in getting sacked. Yes. But what Sean O'Hara says is this lineman's statement to Russell, or at least what it should be, is don't be back there burping the baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. Burping the baby. There's like, what's that? He said, you know, been back there, and he's patting the ball patting like he's burping. That's right. Throw the ball. That's right. <laughs> I loved it. Don't be back there burping the baby, Russell Wilson. I, I can understand where they're coming from, okay? This is what we have. This is the group that the team put together, okay? If you want some new linemen, okay, fine. That's up to the coach and the GM and all that. But right now, we got Seahawks uniforms on and helmets just like you do. Our job is to try to protect you. We're balling our behinds off, doing the best that we can. Don't be back there burping the baby. If you think that we're a subpar offensive line and we're going to be letting you get hit a lot, get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. Talk to your coach. Go in your position meeting and say, hey, listen, we need some more quick stuff. We need to get the thing out. Let's roll the pocket. Let's sprint me out some more. Let's 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 get you know. Let's get me under center. Let's do more three step drops. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Don't just say, you know. Listen, well, it's it's. I understand that he feels like he's earned the right to to not necessarily decide, but have a say or at least a voice and who the team goes after as far as do we need a receiver? Do we need a running back? Do we need an offensive tackle? Do we need da, da, da. I understand where he's coming from with that. There's no need to throw the team under the bus. The general manager knows what you need. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get it. And even if you say so, it doesn't mean he's going to get it. So they're telling him just Take it easy, bro. Like you're going too far. You're going too far. Listen to this from the article. It says, of course, Wilson is part of the blame for some of those sacks as he sometimes holds onto the ball too long. Listen, like most quarterbacks who excel at creating plays with their legs. (laughs) Well, you know, we've had this conversation. We'll continue to have this conversation. Uh, and it's really funny that love affair has grown for mobile quarterbacks. And the irony is that the very immobile, never needing to do a lot of running around quarterback, just won the Super Bowl. So it's just to me a bit of an irony. Okay. Next up, moving right along, I just want to say about Dez. Dez said that. Baltimore wasn't the place. It wasn't a good fit. What does that mean? What fit, what team would provide a fit 
for Des Bryant at his current stage of career? I would think that you would want to be with a team, a power run team, a team that's going to use you in, in the red zone maybe and things of that nature, not expecting you to be the Des Bryant of old because they have a lot of the, you know, they got the tight end, they got speed, they got a lot of things, but you could be a big part of that team. To me, this is part of the Des Bryant head case challenge. He needs to be with somebody like a Tom Brady, like Antonio Brown is, somebody to keep him, you know, on the straight and narrow. He already quit. You know, he was getting ready to come out against his old Cowboys. He was all juiced up and he got sidelined by COVID. And then he text tweeted out that he's, he's ready to hang up the cleats and he tweets out that he's not going to hang up the cleats. So, you know, any team that takes Des Bryant, that, that's the baggage that comes along with him. And I think if you find a team that's, one of, that's going to take you, you know, maybe you need to re reconsider what you're talking about as far as fit is concerned. Am, am I off base here? No, I, I, no, I don't think you're off base. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is that he's looking for. At this point in his career, as far as I'm concerned, he's a possession receiver. He's not really fast. He never really was really fast, but he's certainly not as fast as he was. Um, I'm sure he knows that. Uh, you mentioned uh, a red zone receiver. I would think that he would feel the same way, but in fact, they did not use him in the red zone, probably the way that he thought they should have or could have. Um, I believe off the top of my head, that would be part of his frustration. Um, I, I don't know. He, he says here, uh, asked whether his chemistry was off with quarterback Lamar Jackson. He said, our chemistry was good on and off the field, but it was guys there before me who understood the offensive concepts better than me. And you can't jeopardize that. So on the one hand, he's saying I didn't fit there or they didn't, you know, really use me right, which is how I feel. I think that's what he means by I didn't fit there. But then on the other hand, he's given props to the guys that were there before him, understood the offensive concepts better than him because of the time that they spent there. Um, but that's going to be the case no matter where you go. Yeah. <laughs> so and if you're not understanding the concept this year, maybe next year you might have, you know, you might be better at it. Right. That, to me, that means let me try to stick around if I can and find my niche here. Because if you go to another team, if you're lucky enough to get picked up by another team, you got to start all over again. So maybe. Maybe we need to show him that uh, that Vegas list <laughs> to see where the where the Ravens are on that list. <laughs> because um, if I'm not mistaken, one, two, three, the Ravens are fourth in terms of the odds to win the Super Bowl next year behind the Buffs, Packs, and Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, well, I, I mean. Uh, <laughs> From what I'm seeing, the Ravens aren't expected to bring him back. And he's saying 
that he feels like he has two more good years left in him, but it won't be with the Ravens. So he's kind of like making it easy for them to let him go, which they were going to do anyway. Right. The thing All is, right. I got two years left. Who wants me? He's right back where he was. Mr. Uh, Squig Peg in a round hole. Yeah. Dez. All right. Let's wrap this up with the hot talk in Philly. <laughs> Eagles will strongly consider taking a quarterback with the number six pick. Before I saw this article, I was thinking to myself, Jalen Hurts has the opportunity of a lifetime the the starting quarterback and all of his big time salary just walked right out of town you're the heir apparent they obviously don't believe in the backups behind you so they they're going to have to do something maybe there but it's not like you're being you're going to be really challenged by the other backup quarterbacks on that roster um everybody's talking about your his leadership how the locker seat, locker room seemed to rally behind them. Um, but, you know, it's small sample size, a, a few really great plays and a few, you know. So maybe it's not the greatest opportunity. <laughs> I thought he had the opportunity of a lifetime. Maybe not. Maybe not. But... You would have to bring somebody in really strong with that number six pick. Now, Ben, you might know about a quarterback that you could bring in that could really challenge a Jalen Hurts. I don't know. You're the college guy. You tell me. Well, you got pictures here of Josh Fields, who I don't think is going to make it to number six. It's the sixth pick overall in the draft we're talking about. Yeah. So I don't think Fields is going to, going to fall that far. And then you got that kid there uh, from Brigham Young. His name is Zach, I want to say Wilson. Seems like everybody at Brigham Young's name is either Young or Wilson. But uh, I think he's coveted by somebody else. And the team escapes me right now. But I'm hearing a lot of really good things about him. He's very highly touted. He might not make it to number six either. I don't know the draft order, so I don't know, you know, who exactly needs quarterbacks and will uh, be looking. But these, whoever, whatever teams need quarterbacks, these are the guys they're looking at. Now, there's a few more. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I can't think of the guy's name right now, but uh, there's a lot of talk about a guy that's coming out of the same college that Carson Wentz came out of. But. Okay. Yeah, uh, what, North Dakota State, right? Yeah. But but to hear, you know, <laughs> these poor Philadelphia Eagles fans, man, they're like gun-shy. They're like, no, no, nah, I, I don't want him. <laughs> because, you know, be, now they believe what people were saying about Wentz, that the competition level wasn't quite there, Okay. And now it's starting to rear its ugly head in these last couple of seasons and show that Wentz really wasn't what they thought that he was. I personally, I don't think he's broken. I think he's been damaged. 
but that's the team's fault. I also hear that he wasn't the greatest guy to get along with and all that. But when you're uncomfortable in your situation, you can come off like that. He was already a little aloof as it was. You know, my thing with their team right now is if you feel like you want to use your first overall pick, which is the number six pick overall in the draft for a quarterback, you have to actually have your eye on somebody. Now, after Fields and Wilson, I don't know who they really feel like we can get this guy. We're at six. We don't need to move up. We can get this guy, and this is the guy we want. If they do that, then they have an automatic quarterback controversy. Well, I won't say controversy. Jalen Hurts will have to compete with this guy for the starting job. Because Jalen Hurts hasn't been around long enough to be an established placeholder. Like what we were talking about with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy just got there. How about let's believe in him, build around him, and see what he can do when he's got some real talent or at least begins to get talent, okay? You already got Miles Sanders, you're cool, okay? Jackson's gone, uh, what's his face won't be long behind him, um, Jeffrey. I say bring I think back. He's already gone. <laughs> he's already gone? Okay, good. So. Um, keep Fogum, you know? They, they, they got a lot of work to do, man. They got a lot of work to do. If, if you, now they're talking about letting Kelsey go, who's been one of the top centers in the league, even though he's undersized. He does so many other things that the average center can't do. That made him a really good center. You know, you're not going to get nothing else out of Justin Peters. Forget it. Jason Peters, rather. Forget it. Lane Johnson is a pretender, if you ask me, but he's still young. He's got some years. If he can stay healthy. They have so many holes to plug. Using your first overall pick for a quarterback to me seems silly. Seems silly. Well, you know, this this goes back to when we were what we were saying about picking when you're picking that that backup quarterback. So for the Eagles, they decided to pick back a backup quarterback with the number six pick overall. Right. No, I'm talking about when they when the Eagles picked Jalen Hurts as the backup. To, you know, yeah, but they didn't pick him as the backup. They picked him as the quarterback of the future. There's a difference. That's the, that's the question. You're saying that he was picked as the quarterback of the future. Yes. And if that's true, well, then you have your quarterback. You know, I don't even know why there's a lot of conversation. Exactly. And if you have the number six pick, you know, what do? You, where is your biggest need? Is it left tackle? <laughs> Is it uh, line? Is it wide receiver? You know, is it? Could you take that and wrap it up and, and get two or three picks to really, you know, move your team forward? So I didn't think that 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 didn't sound that sounded like you. If you're looking for a quarterback now, you made a mistake when you picked Hurts. You know, <laughs> he should be the guy that you should be ready to go forward with. Yeah, you know? 
he hasn't had the opportunity to play enough to prove himself either way as a yes, he can, or a no, he can't. He hasn't had a chance. So if you picked him as high as you did as your quarterback of the future, the future is now. The future is now. You've got to give him a chance. Yeah, that's what I would think. If, if, if they don't feel strongly enough that they can get a left tackle that can come in and play day one, they should trade that pick. All right. Let's hold it up right there. Ben and Barry on football. About to wrap this particular puppy up. Um, so, as far as you're concerned, we're going to close out the Jalen Hurts conversation right now. You think that if uh, that if they can't get, what was that, a left tackle? You can't get a left tackle to protect your quarterback of the present and future and then start working on getting him some skill position people, then you should trade the pick, get multiple picks later on, and start to rebuild your team. All right. There you go. There you go. All right, Benny, that's it for me, for Ben and Barry on football. Any final comments? Uh, comments. I don't have any real final. Oh, yes, I do. The PTTFL will be starting back up again for anybody who cares. Uh, that will be, I believe, the third Sunday in March. We're going to have a one-day playoff tournament-type format from the first round all the way to the championship all in one day. And the following week, we will begin our spring season. So that's the end of March. Uh, and then we're going to go right into the next season. Um, I believe we're waiting for not only the weather, of course, but uh, COVID restrictions that I believe have been lifted for recreation centers. So we'll be right back in the business and I'm doing great in fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball will be starting in the next few weeks. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Beginning of April. So other than that, I got nothing else but um, go Knowles. <laughs>